There we go. Okay. Found it. Hmm. Uh, all right. Everybody's here. Holy magical internet, Batman. Indeed. So, good afternoon, everybody. This is Gaming Sessions Podcast. I am, of course, David, the host, co-host Gerald, and yep. uh, ser- and serial guest and train wrecker Chewy. And you're already digitizing. <laughs> well, it's the world we live in. It could be the headset. No, it... the other. All right, so it uh, looks like we're off to a bumpy start today. Um, all right, how's uh, how's your week, Gerald? Okay, so uh, first, before I get started with my week, uh, to all our listeners, new and returning, um, hope you've been having a good day, hope you've been having a good week, hope you've been being safe out there. Um, my week has been, eh, it's been I. I can't really complain too much. Um, I've been grinding out rank in Dragon Ball Fighters, and I and apparently, I uh, apparently there is a second Majin rank. Uh, so it starts you off at like novice, beginner, veteran. Then you hit like Supreme Kai. Then you hit Majin. Then you get Super Saiyan three rank, and then after that is another Majin rank. Um. I didn't know that. So I got to the new Majin rank, and I think after Majin rank is Super Saiyan God. So I'm working to get myself up there. And oh my freaking crap. I have hit the sea of fucking bullshit in this game. <laughs> Everything wrong with this game is in this tier. Like, Bad connections. Uh, I played one guy who was just sitting at five frames of delay the entire match. I tried playing through it. There was I. It was it got to the point where I couldn't even do simple combos in a corner. I could barely defend myself because I couldn't react to anything because everything had five frames of delay. Didn't seem to bother him, but he was also being super aggressive. So eh. Um, I am running into every UI Goku known to man. <laughs> that character is a cancer. And I'm not saying that because he's a good character. He's a good, solid character. He's one of the best characters in the game. I'm, not saying, it, I'm not saying it because of that. I'm saying it because that character is a cancer. I never have fun playing against that character. I have had people... <laughs> I've had people kick my ass in this game and I've still had fun because I'll play them like 10 or 12 times and be and try to figure out how to beat their team compositions. So even when they're kicking the shit out of me, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good. I'm having fun, right? I've mm. never had fun playing against a UI Goku. 
and I know a lot of people who know who play the game or know about the game who are listening to this are probably are probably going. That's because you keep losing to it. Nah, I've beaten UI Goku's. I actually ran. I was so frustrated at one point. I ran into a UI Goku player and I literally murdered him out of sheer frustration. I didn't even <laughs> let him play the game. I killed two of I killed two of his characters on his three man <laughs> team. In less than like thirty seconds, he didn't actually get a chance to play the match. <laughs> so that's what you're supposed to do, and that's what you're supposed to do. And yet, every time there's a UI Goku on the other team, it, I'm like, oh, I have to do chores. I have to do chores in my fighting game. Yay! <laughs> he's just a chore. Win or lose, he's a fucking chore to deal with because he doesn't have to block. You have to be. I there was a there was a match I had against a UI go. Okay, I don't know what the hell happened there, but it's flooding okay. out here, so I'm guessing my connection problems is probably the weather. No, because uh, I had just gotten up and I was getting the charging cable for the phone, and it just went, boop, recording done. Huh? What? No. <sighs> there we go. All right. So okay. sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but you were saying uh, you were in a match. Uh, yeah, and I was in a match with a UI Goku player, and UI Goku has frame one invincible counters, meaning you can't punch them out of them, and they're instantaneous, basically. Like, and the logical solution is just wait for the counter. The problem is he can just stack counters up, and he can go from one counter into another counter. There is a match I did where a UI Goku uh, did a jump attack. He was in the air, went into his counter, did it a second time, and I went, okay, I should be able to punish now. Went to punish, he just did it a third time in a row and got me. I lost a character for that. Reminds me of Ice Climbers and Smash Bros. The the character is just frustration incarnate. Every fighting game has that one broken fuck character. Yeah, but it's very obvious why they made him so fucking stupid. Just so they could sell their idiot toys. It annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> it's kind of like when they put Akuma in um, Tekken. Tekken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Akuma's at least cool. UI Goku isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and any like, and I'm sorry, anyone who thinks UI Goku is a cool character, you need Jesus. <laughs> Something. What do what do we atheists do then? Who do we need? Uh, a counselor. counselor. There's, there's, you need therapy. There's something in your life that isn't quite right, and you feel is lacking. And UI Goku's bullshit seems to fulfill that hole. You atheists need therapy. (laughs) Everyone else needs Jesus. Show me on the UI Goku doll where the internet touched you. Pretty much. (laughs) It's just he's just like, and the thing is. 
I play the character in the game that everyone seems to consider is the best character in the game, uh, Majin Buu, or how other people may consider him Kid Buu. And I have seen good Majin Buus. I've played against good Majin Buus. They can be oppressive as balls. You know what I've never been afraid to do? To challenge a Majin Buu. But UI Goku is not only oppressive, you are you have to be afraid to challenge him because he can counter everything. I was watching a match, and so there's a move in the game called a reflect. It is a defensive move. It basically, anything but a grab in the game gets knocked away from you. The counter reacted to a person's reflect. It's like the primary defensive tool in the game. And it reacted, his counter reacted to the reflect. That person lost their character because they reflected into a UI Goku counter and it and they got countered. I was like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> so that happened. And and not to mention it is because it's the rank of all of the bad connections. It's the rank of all of the UI Gokus. It is also the rank of ev all of the bad players, all of the one trick ponies who got into the who got as far as this simply because they did one thing and they just kept doing that thing over and over and over again. And the reason the thing works is because the stupid connection is so bad it allows it to work in a solid. Uh, non-delayed connection, they could never get away with the crap I've been seeing them doing. Never in a million years. But they get away with it because the, the game will literally make certain characters far better than they actually are because of its lag. So because of its delay, because it's a delay-based netcode, you, you run into teams like UI Goku, Gogeta, Fujito. I have never met a fan who went, my favorite characters in Dragon Ball are Vegito and Gogeta. If you ever see a UI Goku, Vegito, Gogeta team, that person eats glue. <laughs> so isn't that, isn't that, that's basically Goku, uh, Goku and Vegeta fusion dance, and then Goku and Vegeta earrings. Katara earrings. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm having to deal with crappy players who have been getting by because the because the uh, delay based netcos is terrible and makes them better than they should be. You have the people who just do random stuff, just random stuff out of nowhere. Um, and you can't predict a person who does who when they don't even know what they're doing. You can't predict them. Um, <laughs> I've gotten into delay. I've gotten into matches that the delay was so bad we would shoot from three frames of delay up to sixteen frames of delay. I also think I'm running into a lot of the lag switchers at this rank mm -hmm. because there are a lot of times when the spikes only happened when I was pressuring them. I'd be literally in the middle of comboing them. There was one match I played. I was literally in the middle of comboing this guy, and the game froze. And then we were both on our last characters, 
and we were trying to, and we had one more hit on each other. I vanished, which is basically my character disappearing and reappearing next to their character for an attack. The game froze exactly after my vanish, and when the game came back, he 2H'd me in one. And I was like, yeah, that's suspect as shit. <laughs> so it sounds like you've reached the rank where it's basically Trials of Osiris. I am in Elo Hell. If you don't know what Elo <laughs> Hell is, there's a game called League of Legends. For those who don't know, there's a game called League of Legends. It has ranks. And when you go into rank match, the whole gaming you can, community knows about League. They, uh, just for those who don't know, but the when kids you that go more than five minutes ago, know about League of Legends. Just in case you don't know, just in case. But it is ranked, and when you when you used to go into rank in League of Legends, you could go in by yourself, or you could go in with one other person. But you mostly got your rank by going in by yourself, solo. Low <sighs> hell was when you got into, I believe, into bronze and silver, and you were with every terrible player who only got into that rank simply because they played a lot. <laughs> So you would get, you would literally get on a team and the other four players, like literally five seconds into the match will have died. And you're like, oh, well, that's the end of this game. It, it, this, the rank I've just gotten to in Dragon Ball Fighters is literally comparable to Elo Hell in League of Legends. It's fucking terrible i have to literally i i am literally at the bottom of an ocean of garbage and i have to get to the surface as quickly as i can before i drown pretty much <laughs> it is uh it's, it, it's bad um we had a uh a person in the house my roommate caught some symptoms of covid and got and had a fever got sick, body aches, so he went and got tested. Turned out he was negative. He didn't get it, so we think he got a little bit of touch of the flu. So he had a bit of a COVID scare, so that was so that happened. Um, mm. On my way home over the weekend, hit a deer, because the deer <laughs> up here have no sense of self-preservation and are literally probably the dumbest animals I have ever observed. Wait, you had another deer? Uh, Yes. This is the first deer that I've ever hit with my car. Uh, the other deer I hit was a different vehicle. It did Because I remember you saying that last week that you hit a deer. Oh, if it was last week, then I'm talking about the same incident. It's not, a, it's not an additional deer. I'm just talking okay. about the same incident. <laughs> um, it's, so it didn't total the car. It just... It just fucked up my front end a little bit, so I got to call the insurance company. I have to uh, get it over to the dealership so they can check it out, make sure nothing's... Because I got one of my yellow lights on, so I need to get that checked as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, like literally tried to swerve away from the deer, and the deer was like, but I was going that way. And just <laughs> followed the front of my car until I hit it, pretty much. Luckily, I was able to slow down enough that it didn't do any any obviously or immediate serious damage. So that happened. Right. That that was fun. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I saw some footage of Diablo 4 from last year. I'd never gotten around to watching it because of all the bullshit Blizzard has been pulling. And for those who have been listening to our podcast up till now, uh, for those who don't know anything about it, we did a couple of podcasts on some of the crap that Blizzard has been pulling up. been doing and pulling especially when it comes to their employees so i was like i'm no longer going to support that company but i happened to come across one of the footage videos for diablo 4 and so i sat down and i just went ahead and watched it and god damn it that game looks like it's going to be good i want to play it (laughs) so much you know so it won't be out for another two years so don't worry about it well, let me ask you this, David. You're the one who introduced me to Diablo, and you got me into playing Diablo 2, I believe it was. And yeah. what did I do the entire time I was playing Diablo 2? What class did I play, and what did I basically do, if you remember? I don't. Okay. Barbarian spin? Nope. I did Druid Werewolf with a pack of wolves, and I tore that ah. game apart. <laughs> so... People who have been listening to our podcast and who know me well enough by now know that werewolves are my favorite supernatural creatures. So the druid was my favorite character, and I wanted him in Diablo 3. I'm an avid player of Diablo 3, and I wanted the druid to come to Diablo 3. They never brought the druid to Diablo 3. The, he is the, He's one of the main classes in Diablo 4, and his primary attack is him transforming into a werewolf. And he has two giant wolves with him. And the game looks good, and the animations look good, and the transformations are smooth, and the game just looks like it's going to be good. And but it's I'm not like, run on any of the old systems. Yeah, but I'll just get it on PC, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't have crossplay, so I'll never be able to play with you. Well, that's that's your fault, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but. So I'm like watching the footage and I'm just like, oh, I hate Blizzard, but I want to play this game. And I know what Blizzard is doing. Blizzard is doing what the your bad ex-girlfriend would do is she knows she's fucked up royally. She knows you are pissed. So what does she do? She turns herself into the perfect version of herself to get you to let it go. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. This isn't the perfect version of herself. This is her rolling over, pre-lubing, and presenting, going, I don't mind. Go ahead. Right. The perfect version of herself. Joe <laughs> 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 just got canceled, everybody. Uh, but Chewie, yeah, Chewie is right. It, it is it is absolutely them doing everything they can to do everything right so that they can get you to come back. And I hate, and I don't want to support the company anymore, but I want to play that game so much. It looks like it would be, it looks like everything I'm, I was asking for. And I hate it because I hate <laughs> what Blizzard has become. But man, it's looking really good. Um, so that so that happened this week. Uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is apparently releasing this November on the eighteenth, literally the day after my birthday. So I'm I, I'm doing some hard thinking about maybe going ahead and picking that up and 
because I'm I am really interested in what that character creator is going to allow me to do. Because the character creator looks either like the most in-depth character creator known to man, or at least one of them. Because I think the most in-depth character creator I've I've acted. All right, quick for it kicks us again. Sacrifice. Right. Um. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, just making some corrections with Giovanna. So Kit Girl. Um. I found out that her wolf's name is Ray, which in Portuguese means king. So that might be indicative of something to go along with her uh, biography when we actually get access to it. Um, and the fact that the wolf that's with her is possibly a forbidden beast. And basically forbidden beasts in the Guilty Gear lore are... They're actually they're considered most of the forbidden beasts we've seen in the Guilty Gear lore are malevolent creatures. They bind themselves to a host and slowly take over that host. And the host has actually sacrificed something to the beast. Like Zato and Eddie, Zato sacrificed his eyes to Eddie, so lost his sight. We don't. Milia Rage has a forbidden beast, which is why her hair can she can attack and do all those things with her hair. Um, but we don't know what she sacrificed. But her Forbidden Beast literally tries to get her to indiscriminately murder people around her. Like, it literally talks to her talks to her in her mind and tries to get her to go on homicidal killing sprees. So we don't know what's going on with that, if Ray is a Forbidden Beast or not, and what's going on with that. So there's that correction I wanted to make. Um but it's also Spanish for king too. Ah, gotcha. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I believe that is it for my week. At least nothing else I can really think of. Okay, Chewy, how about you? Oh, let's see. Uh, went to physical therapy three times. Yay. Had to give my wife $1,200 I wasn't expecting because she fucked up. Yay. Uh-oh. What happened there? Uh, she forgot to pay her taxes. Y'all don't file jointly? No. She has a private business. And you have to pay quarterly taxes. And she thought she had paid her quarterly taxes, so she ordered more stuff for the shop. And, you know, since she thought she had some more money, she spent some more money. And then she got a phone call from the IRS going, hey, you're going to pay your stuff, right? It's due on this date. And she looked and went, oh, no. And then walked out here and said, um, do you love me? <laughs> and this, and goes, this goes back to the Blizzard comment I made earlier. So, you know, if Blizzard thinks they can make the right amount of money off of you, they'll offer you anything. <laughs> so wait, hang on. Did, are, are you telling me that your wife poured herself out to you for $1,200? I'm saying nothing because <laughs> she may listen to this podcast and then try to kill me. 
But at no time have I stated any of that to be factual. We are merely talking about a corrupt video game company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, let's see. My mother came by about an hour and a half ago and cleaned my kitchen against my bitching and pissing and moaning. Uh, taking bets on when Anchor will drop again. Sacrifice more virgins. Some shit like that. And about the high point of my entire fucking week was laughing my ass off at the the fuck? Goddamn cat. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Laughing my ass off at the presidential farce that's going on right now. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, don't really have much to say about that myself, but. Yes, that's why I called it the presidential farce. Mm. So. Big, the big news of my week was I got fired. <laughs> uh, evidently had one too many accidents for the company to uh, want to keep me. So on Tuesday, I got fired. Uh, the nice thing is I've been able to catch up on sleep. And uh, this check I got for this week is big enough I can make my car payment and still have a little bit left over to hopefully carry me into my final check, which I'll get next week. (laughs) Playing more of the surge. I'm stuck at a spot now where uh, it's a restricted projects laboratory or something. And the enemies I'm fighting are more machine than man. They've got like human heads, but Everything else is robot, and you have to kill them twice for them to stay dead. Oh, they're Necrons. Okay. Something like that. And I can't keep enough health to kill more than more than like three or four of them. And then two more rush up behind me and then just raffle stomp me into the fucking ground. And yeah, so that's fun. Also... On Tuesday, uh, Christy bought a hamster. So that's been interesting. I We've named her Minxie. So I, I took Minxie out yesterday and was, you know, petting her. And I ended up breathing in a piece of the paper bedding. <clears throat> that was fun. I threw up half my Waffle House lunch. Um, other than that, not much else for my week. So let's take a break. And uh, we're going to talk about this trippy shit that I just watched today. We will be right back. Yep. Very much. All right, welcome back. So for our reviews, we've got two new shows, but I don't think the second one's going to get past this episode. So, 
and a comment Gerald had made in our chat uh, kind of cracked me up too. <laughs> so first show is an anime called Doro Hedoro. I just watched the first episode. Uh, you know, we can, if Gerald likes it as well, we can go back to our doing two episodes at a time. Uh, your thoughts? Um, I thought we were already doing two episodes at a time, so I watched uh, both the first and second episode. Yeah. So it's it's a very trippy show. So evidently, this dude, um, Cayman, got blasted in the face by a, a sorcerer, and it turned his head into a lizard head. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Doro Hadoro. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a, uh, a friend slash partner named, uh, was it Ni- Nikaida? Nikaida. Yeah. Nikaida. Or yeah, Nikaida. Is. is it Nikaido or Nikaida? I think it's Nikaida. It's okay. big, boobly, bouncy breast physics. That's her name. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. I like, I like her already. <laughs> and she's got a mean roundhouse kick, too. So they're evidently. Um, so Kaiman is trying to find the sorcerer that turned his head into a lizard so he can get it changed back. But evidently the sorcerers live in another realm and they use doors to come to the city where they live called the hole. And it looks like, uh, I kind of want to say it looks like a reject from a steampunk or a cyberpunk, you know, show or something because everything's fucking dirty as shit no like the sky is black looks very uh wastelandy i want to say but uh yeah so it's a kinder happier 40k (laughs) (laughs) at the fair enough observation so the show starts off with uh Kaiman putting this one sorcerer's head in his mouth. And Akaida has the other one like in a bar choke block. And I'm, hopefully the, the show will give us more context as it progresses. Because like you see in the back of Kaiman's throat uh, a his human face, yeah, his head come out, and I guess that's him. Something I don't know. Uh, we uh, Kaiman doesn't know, and we don't know. Kaiman yeah, speculates it might be him, but he does not know. It could yeah. be him. It could be the sorcerer. It could be Jesus. Yeah, my money's so. on Jesus. <laughs> And uh, it seems like Kaiman is forever fucking hungry, and Nakaida has no problem feeding him. <sighs> um, I'm just kind of bouncing around here, Gerald, if you want to fill in more comments. Mm, well, oh. okay, so Dora Hidoro is weird, and I don't know what it's trying to do. Um, <laughs> It's trying to be weird because it's an anime and it's weird and that's what the kids like, weird. 
Yeah, but not all animes are weird. It feels like the writers are specifically doing this stuff on purpose. Um, so in the first episode, uh, they basically kill. They're what's called sorcerers. They use magic, and the magic takes the form of like this black mist that they can shoot from their fingers. You find out later that it's not just from their fingers that they can shoot it. It kind of depends on the sorcerer, but that's the second episode. Um, but uh, uh, after what he's doing is he's putting people's heads in his mouth, and this is all magic. Kaiman uh, himself is under some kind of magical spell, um, so magic doesn't work on him. Um, which gives him an advantage over the sorcerers. And he will put people's heads in his mouth, and then a guy inside him will come up out of his throat, look at the person, and say, not him. And he thinks this is an indication of whether it's the person who gave him the lizard head or not. We don't know what his relationship with Nikaida is. She's just there when we meet him. So, And they've apparently been friends for a long time. Um, and she goes around with him while he's hunting down sorcerers. And they basically live in what's called the hole, which is basically like a slum slash ghetto. Um, and as you get further into the story of the, in, in the first episode, you realize that sorcerers or magic users are basically the top of society, and everybody else is basically the lower society. They live in the hole. So... And it's, for spells. Yeah, it's actually really screwed up because the there are actual medical wards dedicated to people who have been practiced on by sorcerers because apparently there is the sorcerers actually go down into this into the hole and just practice magic on people. Um, one guy is going around turning people into bugs, like giving them bug parts and stuff and mutating them. Um, and this is not something that they just do. This seems to be something that's actually organized because they talk about having quotas for practice. So this is like an organized thing that they do, like they're doing homework. Um, and then... What ends up happening is, uh, so what Kaiman likes to do is they like to, it seems most sorcerers use their magic from their right hand. So Kaiman will cut, literally cut off their fingers and that keeps them from, uh, casting magic. Um, right. so oh, there's also, there's also the, am, uh, he has amnesia, so. And it's mentioned in the first episode when they're walking past the alleyway next to uh, Nikita's restaurant, mm -hmm. and he does the exposition that that you know that's where he woke up after having his face turned into a lizard head, and he just he doesn't remember anything. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, uh, let's see. The, the I thought like when we when you first mentioned this i was like oh i remember dora hodora i watched five episodes five episodes of it and then i stopped watching it because it just couldn't hold my attention and then i go back and i watched the first episode and i pause and i was like no i didn't watch five episodes that was all the first episode <laughs> that's a bad <laughs> sign 
Um, so, uh, but anyway, we continue going. They're out looking for sorcerers. And they come across a little sorcerer with a skull mask. And sorcerers all wear masks for the most part. Um, and they're, they can be weird and have, like, they can be very weird in their look. It, it's, a lot of them seem to wear, like, like skinless skull looking like masks over their mouths, weirdly enough. Um, but this sorcerer has two like commas on their shoulders and they're wearing a skull mask. So Kaiman grabs them. So Kaiman and Nakaida just uh, like they see a door and sorcerers come and go in the hole through doors that they create with magic. And it's basically a door you can open and go from one place to, the, to another. So it's basically teleporting and they see a door. It fizzles out and the sorcerer with the skull mask comments that she still can't get through the door and you don't find out it's a she until a little later, but not much later. Well, Kaiman right. and Nakaido just attack her. So he cuts off the fingers on her right hand and Nakaida just kicks the crap out of her, knocks her down. Kaiman picks her up, pulls her skull mask off. They realize it's a girl and then just puts her head in his mouth. Now, this is what I ended up finding out, is that they just indiscriminately attack sorcerers. Yes. We don't know anything about this sorcerer at all, whether they're a good one or a bad one. We don't know enough about the world to know if there are good and bad sorcerers. But no, they just indiscriminately attack sorcerers. And when... Uh, while they have the little sorcerer in Kaiman's mouth, another sorcerer comes in through a door, grabs the other sorcerer by the hand, tries to pull her into the door. So Kaiman just bites down on her face, and this, <laughs> and this ends up ripping her face off as she gets pulled into the door. And... I was just like, man, that poor sorcerer. We don't know if that it, we don't know if she's an asshole or not. So I'm like, wow, that poor sorcerer. And no, all as, the sorcerers are assholes. Uh, all the ones we've met, but we don't know anything about her. Like we know literally nothing about her. Um, mm. but so far, most of the, all but her have apparently been. Dicks. We also don't really know anything about the two sorcerers that they, uh, the one they kill in the beginning of the episode, and the one they try to kill uh, that got away. We actually don't know anything about them either. So right now, we just don't have inf enough information to say all sorcerers are bad. Mm, um, I shall quote one anime to explain this one. It's very simple. There's no such thing as a good goblin. Even though one may exist, you cannot take the risk. There's no such good thing as a good sorcerer. No, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, <laughs> it's funny how Japan shows its racism through its cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Japan's, <laughs> well, I mean, everybody kind of does, but yeah. Yeah, Japan does the same thing. And it, watching this series made me realize how ridiculous Japan, how very different Japan's sense of humor is in comparison to the West. Because this is a very 
dark post-apocalyptic setting. Like, sorcerers just randomly kill people, and it's just basically a part of their job. Everyone lives in slums. Most people can't even really feed themselves or take care of themselves. A lot of them are getting mutated and then just have to live with the mutations. Um, one of the things we find out is that if you kill a sorcerer, all of their magic goes away. So if they've used magic on a person to transform them or something, if they die, the person goes back to normal. Their magic becomes null and void. Um, but this is a very which was good for Nakaida, which was good for <laughs> Nakaida because Nakaida got caught by the sorcerer who was going around turning people into insects. Um, they killed him, and she was able to go back to normal immediately. Um, but this is a very dark, dark setting. Yet our protagonist Kaiman basically acts like a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah. He's loud, wants to eat all the time, is really excitable, is rarely serious. Um, he basically just acts like a thirteen or a fourteen-year-old boy, and it was and never more clear. A lot. Does he? I haven't gotten to that part. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, nothing like that happens in the first two episodes oh. yet. Um, I can't remember if it was the second or the third. It's probably not until the third because it doesn't happen in the second episode either. Because I uh, watched the second episode thinking we were going to be doing two episode reviews. Um, but yeah, he's he's like a big, excitable kid. Even after he, like, in the beginning of the first episode, he literally cuts a dude into multiple pieces. Uh -huh. Doesn't care. Using bayonets. So it's kind of a bad sign um, that our protagonist is like that, but it, it, it just made it very clear how different the sense of humor that the East has because they're more than happy to put a random goofy joke in the middle of like a horrible scene. Like it, it, I, I akin it or compare it to like after a really gory scene like uh, the character will just fart and not because they needed to but they just fart they actually make themselves fart because they think it's funny and the people who wrote it thinks it'll be funny to the audience even after like a bunch of people have just been murdered in the scene one second before it happened and oh, it's, I, I got a question the, for you Gerald yes how long have you been a connoisseur of the anime world uh, I've been watching anime since I was little. Okay. Do you remember the 19... Probably mid-70s, 80s run of Japanese anime? Like Lupin the Third, stuff like that? Yeah, Lupin was more kid stuff. I was talking about like Fist of the North Star decade. Uh, I remember Fist Scroll. of the North Star, Ninja Scroll, yeah. I remember Ninja Scroll and Fist of the North Star. Yeah. Okay. If you look at that time period, uh, you know, you had Akira, Fist of the North Star, Ninja Scroll, and a lot of other stuff. They were way more adult than anything that was coming out in the West because Japan really doesn't have a film industry and they were using anime as their film industry. Uh, and anime now has become so 
overly saturated in the culture. It's, I think it's lost some of its idealism and they're trying to, I don't know, trying to find their way back to the, the source. Maybe. I dude, I don't know. Uh, and like, it's just the humor just struck me as insanely out of place and weird. And it might just be a difference in culture. I just really, really noticed it here. That's all. Um, have you seen Goblin Slayer? Uh, yes. There's uh, there's bits in Goblin Slayer that are horribly violent, grotesque. You have one scene about rape, and then like two scenes later, you have one of the little girls he saves, and another companion complaining about him covering them in blood, and she's like, and then the other one goes. You get used to it. It's okay. <laughs> that sounds more like the abridged version. It is very abridged. It's probably more abridged than it's the abridged version of the abridged version. Yeah, I'm like not good at memory. <laughs> yeah, you're the because abri- I watched the abridged version of Goblin Slayer too, and that's exactly that's literally almost word for word out of the abridged version because that's not how that scene goes in the original version like goblin slayer is dark and it stays dark that's why none of the characters have names they're just yeah so well no goblin slayer has three names you know goblin slayer orcabork beard or bulls yeah but no one has a name no one does. Not even characters who aren't adventurers. No one has a name. Everyone is designated by their job or their class because of how dark that world is. Well, I kind of think that kind of. I was thinking about the. Uh, I can't say the name, but the Lizardhead anime we originally started talking about. Dora Hedora. Yeah, I think it's kind of a weird Japanese allegory for salaryman work. Did I lose you? I guess. No, no, no. I'm still here. I, I'm, I don't know. You take the, the sorcerers as the upper echelons of management, and they force the lower people to do whatever they want to them for a heavy amount of time until they go insane or divulge into other lowly entities and just snap and die off, and then they go do it again to somebody else. So maybe this is the salary man fighting back against the big corporate machine. Or am I just making shit up? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I haven't seen enough of the episode to tell you. Like there's that's why I said when the first one of the first things I said was I don't know what this show is trying to do. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't think a lot of them nowadays know what they're trying to do. Uh, the good ones have direction and you can usually see it in the first episode because they understand that the first episode is what's supposed to keep you hooked the the ones with the ones like Dora Hedora the issue is the way they keep you hooked is the big boobs <laughs> and just crazy wild crap that they do they just do they they basically just flail around and scream a lot and you're like and you're trying to figure out what's going on so that keeps your attention you know if you're a teenager um, and then the and then the boobs, which if you're a teenager, keep you rapidly attentive. <laughs> so indeed. Um, 
So that's why I'm like, I don't understand. There's a, there is lore here, especially between the sorcerers and everyone else, pretty much. Um, but I don't understand what's really going on. Uh, the fact that it takes, the fact that there is not a concentrated effort to deal with someone who's just been murdering sorcerers left and right indiscriminately is odd to me, especially when the sorcerers seem organized enough to give people homework to go out and practice their magic on people. <laughs> um, like, you think, like, that would be like if someone ran around and murdered 10 Yakuza, and the Yakuza didn't do anything about it for like 15 like for like two or three weeks because they just didn't know it's like nah if you kill two yakuza the entirety of the yakuza organization knows the fuck about it and they're looking for you so that's why it was so weird um well i i can i can understand chewy's uh kind of description because the the wiz the sorcerer's realm is kind of dark and twisted like the the mr n He's got the, like you said, the, the skin mouth mask. Yeah, I hear you. Skin mouth mask. I think he's DCing. Oh, uh, but in any case, uh, so they rip off the little sorcerer's face. Uh, then they, uh, and I think the episode ends with that um and that's where the first okay like i was trying to say before i was so rudely interrupted by anchor shitting on us the the sorcerer's realm seems oh i don't know kind of maybe alice in wonderlandish because when we see when we meet mr n he's in like a a room full of fucking giant mushrooms well, it's all Alice in Wonderland. It, it, I mean, it really is. Even yes. with the uh, good. Wizard. Well, continue with what you were saying, Drew. Um, I think Chewie's having connection issues again. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the poor little sister girl, she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's pretty much what happened. Um, and that's pretty much where that episode ends. So, yeah, and uh, when you say Alice in Wonderlandy, it feels all like Alice in Wonderlandy. Um, especially when the surviving sorcerer from the beginning of the episode starts coming back. And he's on, like, a specific, like, I want to say path. And there are all these other branching paths to doors. Um, it reminded me of it reminded me of something. Um, Labyrinth with David Bowie. Oh, is that yeah? It reminded me of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and that was the first episode. Uh, um, and I guess we could just wait for the second episodes uh, in the next podcast. Well, go ahead and talk about the second episode since, since you since you watched it. Um, okay, so second episode, we meet Shin and Naoi, who seem to be like the moment I saw them, and they're 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 basically the sorcerers' cleanup men. 
they go around basically like taking out people uh, that the sorcerers that in their their boss has decided needed to be dealt with. And I was like, oh, they're like now when I first listened to Now's voice, who is this large, muscular, you know, dude, and I was like, Man, that sounds like a woman. It is, is that, and I was like, is that a girl? Because this sounds like a girl. And Shin is like this shorter, stockier dude, and they both have masks on. And uh, and I was like, well, it can't be a dude. It, it has to be. It can't be a girl because there are no breasts. Like, and they're, and they're huge. They have no breasts. But the voice was either really high, like it was a teenage boy's voice, or it was a girl, and it kept it kept messing with me. But we meet these two characters. And we see what they're doing and kind of a little bit of their personalities. And I was like, immediately upon seeing that, I was like, oh, these are supposed to be the counterpoint characters to Kaiman and Nikaido. And that became even more evident when we find out, no, now is a girl, a huge Amazonian white haired woman. And I was like, oh, that's good. Now's hot. I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good. And I was right, because it was a woman. Okay, so, and I was like, and then I was like, and that further that further uh, proves that they're the counterpoint characters to Kaiman and Nakaido. So, N has called them in because he wants them to deal with Kaiman and Nakaido. On the flip side, uh, Nikaido has closed down her diner because she runs a diner. Uh, which Kaiman hangs out all the time because she feeds him all the time. She's closed it down, locked herself in her room, saying she's not feeling well. Kaiman tries to talk to her, and she tells him she's fine, really. It's just that it's raining. And you find out that when it rains in the slums, the rain is magical because the rain is actually from the black cloud that sorcerers give off when they use their magic. It actually forms clouds, and it rains magic, which is toxic. Yep. So you find and basically out, that's why the sky's black there because that's where they use most of their magic. Yeah. So you find out that the sorcerers have an effect on the world that way as well. Pollution. Um, yeah. Uh, this is also where we find out that sorcerers can spew their magic from other places in their hands because in the big boss actually spits his music, his magic from his mouth. And it turns people into mushrooms, which he then prepared as food and eats. Um, So that's his magic. And apparently everyone's magic is unique and different. Uh, Shin's magic allows him to literally divide a person's body into pieces and still keep them alive. Mm. Noise power apparently has something to do with reconstruction because they brought the little sorcerer from the first episode who lost her face. They were bringing her to Noi or now to get that fixed. So apparently now's magic can like heal or something of that nature. And this is the same person we saw literally planting people's faces in the walls. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, she was just going, she literally, they showed a wall and there were just five, six guys, their faces just stuck in the walls. They're all dead. And then she, and then they show her grabbing a dude and just shoving his face into the wall. 
like this big Amazonian wrestler broad. Like I love it. I I, I have to admit I love it. Um, best thing about the show so far. Um, so she'll scare your dick hard, basically. I ain't saying anything about being scared, <laughs> but the rest of it, the rest of that sentence is correct. Um, <laughs> but uh. So, N's ability is to turn things into mushrooms that he hits with his magic. Noi, I assume, heals, and Shin can divide anything he uses his magic on and still keep it alive if he wants to. And they've been given the mission to go after both Kaiman and Nikaido. Um, and that's pretty much all there is to the episode. Uh, you run into a you you really they basically stick with the characters of Shin and Noi so you can kind of get to know them, um, and you learn a few of their like little quirks and stuff like that. Um, we see a little bit of Kaiman on his job, but that's not really all that interesting or important. We get a scene where they show Nakaido kicking the crap out of like three or four dudes, but I felt like it was an unnecessary scene. It felt like the scene was only there because we spent so much time with Noi and her physically overpowering everything that got in front of her. So it felt like they were showing you that Nakaido will be a match for now. Instead of now just kicking the crap out of her, so I fe- that's what that scene felt like to me. It felt forced. Um, mm. And then they go and they find they do they go because they're looking for a guy called the uh, needle magic user. And this is another reason why I was like, yeah, Kaiman is just indiscriminate in killing because they find this guy and Kaiman puts him in his mouth, finds out, and the guy inside Kaiman has changed when this happens. He looks different. And when he pulls him out, he's just going to kill the dude. The dude hasn't done anything. And even after Nakaido stops him from killing the guy, because the guy offers to try to fix Kaiman's face and turn it back into a human face, and he's just the nicest guy. He does like a, uh, he does a, uh, te- like not a tarot, but a uh, psychic reading for them, like a palm reading with his needles, um, and gives them a warning that you know they're going to be in danger later on and he's just the nicest chillest dude Kaiman was going to kill him on the spot for no reason <laughs> was just going to kill him and I was like yeah if you want me to root for your protagonist you probably shouldn't make him into a mindless killing machine um, and then uh, so they leave and that's pretty much the end of episode two. It is Shin and now being given the mission to go and capture or kill Kaiman and Noi. And In is interested in who put the spell on Kaiman because the spell is so strong, it makes him immune to any other magic. So he's right, interested yeah. in finding out who did that. And the reason the little sorcerer, I'm forgetting her name. They said her name, but I'm forgetting her name. Um, the little sorcerer they wanted to talk to because she's apparently has magic that is that like that transforms things into lizards as well. So they think she might know something about it. Um, and that's pretty much the second episode. There's not much more to it other than that. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. The nightmare from episode one. Oh, 
Uh, yeah. Uh, Kaiman has a nightmare where the guy inside of him rips his way out of his mouth and basically walks off. Um, he yeah. Once again, he doesn't know if that guy is him or the sorcerer who turned his head into a lizard head. So that's what he's trying to find out. And this is why I say I don't really understand what this anime is trying to do. It doesn't seem to have an actual plot other than that the main characters are trying to find out about the main character's past. But that's it. And they don't have any real direction other than attacking sorcerers, which should have, considering how organized they are, should have gotten an almost immediate response. But, I don't know. It, it it seems it seems weird. So once again, it, it's going to take a little bit more to try to see what it's trying to do because I don't know what it's trying to do. There was the after that nightmare when he like sits up in bed. I thought it was really funny that the like the the couch cushion he was. He laid his head on, was stuck to his spines. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a, a funny little bit of levity. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't know. I didn't laugh at much. <laughs> Noi was the best part of these two episodes. Everything else was just me taking, just kind of trying to figure out what was going on. I guess. Like, I'm trying to get a handle on the world itself, and the characters just kind of seem to be flailing around. But I assume now that Shin and Noi have been sent out of sent after Kaiman and Nikado, things are going to get a little bit more focused. I mean, I assume they have to, but I don't know. Yeah, as like watching, watching it, I was like, this is some trippy shit. There's some funny stuff, but it's fucking trippy. Uh, if you want to watch something trippy, watch the movie Japanese adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo. That's trippy. Mm, maybe. Do not do acid and watch that movie. <laughs> well, it, it's very well animated, but they do this weird thing where they take a pattern for clothing, the pattern stays static while the character animated through the pattern. So, so, so you would ha- like have a plaid jacket, right? Yeah. So, say the stripes come down from the tops of the shoulders and run to the midway of the hips. Well, if the character turns... The fabric pattern doesn't turn with the character. The character turns and the pattern would move left to right depending on how they turn in their clothing. Mm. Yeah, so kind of like Spongebob. No. 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 (laughs) There's another show that does it. I just can't remember the name of it. But the clothing in this anime is almost like a foil pack of like comic book cards. Yeah. And the it's yeah, very I, I bright in design and whenever it's just it had to drive someone insane to fucking animate this thing. 
Just the clothing uh, alone that, would fucking make me have an aneurysm. That kind of reminds me of some of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for the first Tron. How they had to act like they had to draw. They had to uh, draw in all the coloring mm-hmm. on the on the on the move on the film strips. And uh, yeah. I forget the, the the guy who was the actuary program. Like some dude walked up to him one day is like, I was the guy that had to animate your nose and I fucking hate you now. <laughs> well, I got one for you. Uh, everybody remembers the original Mary Poppins, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a long fucking time. Mary Poppins has visual effects that are better than most visual effects used today because they have a Trans, there's a shot of her and Dick Van Dyke dancing with like cartoon uh, fucking penguins. penguins and shit. And the background mm-hmm. behind her is animated. But she's wearing a hat that has a veil on it, so it's translucent. So tell me how you animated the background through a translucent object in the fucking 60s. With lots and lots of quaaludes. Actually, they did it with sodium lights and a prism. Hmm. And it's the only camera in existence to this day that could do it because they could not replicate the prism exactly to get it just right. So you had one camera that shot that footage and that's it. They never could recreate the process to do any other way. So, yeah. Well, there you have it, listeners. Uh, if you ever want to watch a more detailed version of that, go to Condor on YouTube for uh, CGI guys react to good, bad CGI. <laughs> it's funny as hell, some of the shit that they watch. I'll send you a link later. But they break down shots and the funniest thing I ever saw them do is they took Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the good one with Gene Wilder, and turned it into a horror (laughs) movie. Well, that one scene on the Wonka boat could probably be considered horror. Well, I know that fucking that startled the shit out of me as a kid. Basically, what they did is they took the scenes from where everybody does the bad thing, you know, the, the fat kid gets stuck in the pipe and all that other shit. And what's her name? Get turns into a blueberry and Faruka salt falls to the fucking floor and all that good shit. Violet. Yeah. Violet. You're turning violet. Violet. Well, the kid that gets stuck in the pipe, they go full scanners on his ass. Oh, they explode his in head. the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Faruka, when she falls through the you know the good and the bad and the floor opens up underneath her, they ragdoll. They make a model of her and ragdoll her off of every piece of known machinery you can think of inside of a factory, (laughs) and she just kind of plinkos, bling 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 bling. (laughs) And the cuts to Gene, where he's you know being Gene Wilder 
is fucking terrifying because they changed the music slightly, but it's that fucking, you know, I'll fucking find it and send it to you. It's amazing. It's worth watching. Well, from what I under, from what I understand, none of the other actors were told what was going to happen, and Gene was the only one that knew. So the reactions they have are, are legitimate reactions, and just like the, just look like the way he smiled at some points, mm. you, can, you can just imagine him devising the next way he's going to get rid of one of the kids. <laughs> But uh, any other thoughts for Dora Hidoro? Mm, none that I have. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So another break, and we'll talk about probably the only episode of The Cabin that we're going to uh, be reviewing for this podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. So, Gerald, I want I want to start this segment off with what you what you uh, sent in the messenger while you were watching the episode today, because she was hilarious. Oh yeah. All right. You what want did, me to start it off, or are you? No, I will. I want you. I want to start the segment off with you saying what you sent me in the messenger about <laughs> about this episode. Oh yeah, this is. I was like, this is some rich people shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had a good laugh about that because it is, and and this is uh, episode one of the cabin with Burt Kreischer. Now, I like Burt Kreischer. He's a hilarious comedian. Anybody who knows him knows like his like his best stand up um, was the Machine, where he goes to Russia and like the basically the the gangsters there like he 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 tried to memorize this like hi my name is Bert and you know I liked I like to do this this but then the 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 uh, cabin door opens and the gangsters like stole he was like I am the machine but yeah so anyways he he's a good comedian I saw this show a friend of mine from Germany had watched it and had said something about a coffee anima. <coughs> so I watched the first episode. It was funny. Uh, basically, the premise of the, of the series is Bert's burnt out, so he goes to a, a cabin in the hills of Malibu to try to decompress and, and you know, meditate all that wonderful wonderful frou-frou California stuff but he ends up just uh, you know inviting uh, friends in the first episode it was Tom Segura and uh, some other comedian I forget what his name is and they're just up there you know goofing around fucking off mm, don't know his whole name but Joey Joey was the best part of that episode yeah, he was—he was like the old, old-style comedian, New Yorker, yeah, kind of thing. And it was—it was interesting. So, like, for food for that episode, they had an emu sent up 
to the to the cabin and um so bert uh they he takes the emu out of the cooler Oh, damn you, Christy. <laughs> and they, they, I put uh, in one of your podcast channels, David. I don't know which one. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, so he drags the emu up the stairs onto the, onto the patio, slams it down on, I, it looked like a small ping pong table. And, uh, Tom's just into this thing. He grabs a butcher's knife, slices its stomach open, and then all of a sudden they're gagging because I guess he cut into the wrong place. They pull out a chainsaw, cut off one of the legs, and they tie it to a, to a spit, I guess, to cook later. And <coughs> essentially for me, this is like his he has a podcast called Burtcast. He also has one called Two Bears One Cave, and something's burning uncut with Bert Kreischer, where he'll bring on a, a comedian guest, and you know they'll talk. They'll, Something they'll burning talk is shop. actually good. It is. I, I like it. It's one of it's one of. I have all three of his podcasts on my uh, on my Google Podcast app. The best and, one uh, is when the uh, uh, the little person. What's his name? Brad. Oh yeah, <laughs> he gets He's drunk and goes to lean forward and falls off his fucking stool. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome. <coughs> but what I'm getting from from the first episode I watched, this is just a video version of Bert doing his podcast. I don't even think it's a video version of Bert doing his podcast because Bert's podcasts are. They're 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 train wrecks. They're, they they have a, they're kind of like me and you talking on mine. They have a beginning of an idea, and then they wander <laughs> through a menagerie of fuck shit, and look at the things on the wall and look at them and you know like an art gallery and go ah, that is fucked up. Let me delve into this fucked upness. Squirrel. <laughs> This yeah, but, you know, it's, looks like it's scripted and forced and just fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's not even that it feels like it's scripted and forced. It's, I'm sitting here like, who is this for? Because it ain't for me because I'm not rich enough to do <laughs> what he's doing. So who is this for? People who are richer than him uh, aren't doing this shit because they don't have to. I guess it's for people who are as rich as him who do kind of the same thing, but they're usually too busy working. And I'm like, dude, this dude goes out to a cabin that is set up in a beautiful part of the country. I don't know where it is, but it's, it's this he, yeah, it's this secluded cabin in these beautiful woods with all the luxuries and amenities, bed, TV, all that stuff. Then he has an emu delivered to his doorstep out there then yeah. has the butcher cut it up for him when they can't do it properly themselves then <laughs> later they have a dude come out and hand roll cigars for them 
And I'm like, who is this for? Because I can't really, you're talking about, oh, he's talking to his wife about, I'm so stressed out because I'm going to the party and then I'm working on this and I'm doing the podcast and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I'm like, dude, take a fucking vacation. You have all the money in the world to do it. You're doing this to yourself. Who is this for? But Joey is a fucking joy because he's one of those old motherfuckers who's at an age where he doesn't give a fuck. He says what's on his mind when it's on his mind. Oh, not to mention, and that was one of the times I started laughing at him the most, is because not only did he have a guy come out there and hand roll cigars for him, like high end cigars, which could, which when it comes to high end cigars, you're looking at 2,500 bucks for a box, right? This guy has, this dude has been doing nothing but spending money from the (laughs) moment this episode started. Um, He's not spending his money. He's spending Netflix's money. Apparently he's spending Netflix's money. But in any case, then he has some spiritualists come out and like literally do nothing. Pays her to come all the way out there to do a crystal therapy session, which is nothing. Um, she she's one of those therapists that really caters to rich people who want to be spiritual but aren't and never will be. Like she's one of those. Like she might believe in what she's doing, but it's nothing, and only rich people pay for that kind of stuff. And her session is probably expensive as hell. Um, but like she it off with like, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to put this this clear white crystal. I'm just going to wave it over you to cleanse your aura. And then I'm going to lay little crystals all over your... Uh... Okay, I, I'm not going to beat the bitch up over stupid shit because, you know, I know... I'm not beating her up. People just... that fucking go to a church every fucking Sunday and eat a cracker and think they're eating the, the body of a 2,000-year-old dead Jew. I'm not beating her up over it. What I'm explaining is that he is doing all this stuff that no one who I think is predominantly watching his show can do. So I don't know who his show is for. I think his show is for him and his buddies to comedy flex on Netflix. I think it's a, I think it's an Andy Kaufman style joke. Can you believe we got these people to pay me to do this? It's so stupid, but they paid me money and they paid for it. Isn't the joke great? Oh, wait, it's not funny to say. All right. So while we're waiting for Gerald to come back, he wasn't trying to, to like crap on what she does. Kind of like you're saying people will go to church and eat a wafer thinking it's the body of Christ. You know, it's. I guess it's like. Oh. It's rich people shit, but it's I guess rich people like Gerald said, it's rich people shit to make them feel spiritual when they're not really even being spiritual. Well, I, I understand he's not shitting on her. I get that. What I think this show is about is Burt Kreischer flexing. All, him and his buddies are flexing on Netflix. I think it's an Andy Kaufman level joke. We're going to make this really stupid show, and they're going to pay me this exorbitant amount of money, and I'm going to make them pay for all this shit. And it will do nothing for anybody else except I can go Look what I made Netflix do. They paid me to do this. Isn't this so fucking stupid and funny? And it's only funny for the person that's in on the joke. Like, you know, most of Andy Kaufman was not funny. 
he was just a fucking asshole because he wasn't funny. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay. sure if you're a part of the gag and part of the joke, it's funny to you, but to 90,000 other people on the planet, it's like, you're just a dick. Mm. Right, so... Well, I don't even uh, think he's a dick. I just, I was like, there's nothing... There's nothing here. Like, the only one really telling any stories is Joey, which is why Joey is so funny, but otherwise, it's just nothing. It's watching a rich dude go off to an expensive cabin to basically waste time and do stuff that, as an audience, I could never do, so I have no way of relating to him. And when I look at him going, I'm all stressed out, I need to relax, I'm just going, dude, you could literally take like two or three months off and not have to care. <laughs> well, it's kind of like nobody, you know, I've never professionally wrestled a woman on TV, but hey, Andy Kaufman did it, so it must be funny. Yeah, it's like. I've never dressed up like a lounge singer and done racist jokes and pretended to be drunk and had a buddy of mine pretend to be that person so I could walk on stage and go, this is not me. <sighs> not funny. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, oh, oh, and Gerald, don't forget he had the uh, the 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 cigar maker make him a giant ass fucking cigar blunt. Yeah, I said that he had him come out and hand roll him cigars. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like, go ahead. <laughs> well, Joey and Tom got cigars. Bert pulled out like a fucking big ass bag of weed, you know, put it in his, in his crusher, crushed it up. And then the dude rolled him a blunt cigar. Yeah. He was just flexing on Snoop Dogg at the moment. Dog, I can roll some (laughs) shit bigger than you, Dick. (laughs) (coughs) But yeah, continue. Well, that's it. There's nothing else to the episode. Yeah. There's, (laughs) Look, I prefer, I would watch some of the Travel Channel shit that Bert did in his youth. Like, fucking Hurt Bert has more to do with something interesting than the cabin in the woods. I mean, yeah. Watching a man be trampled by a 3,000 pound animal, far more interesting than the cabin in the woods. <laughs> At least uh, I, I can realize that and go, ooh, that hurt. I would not want to do that. I'm glad that's not me. I can laugh at his pain now. Ha, 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 ha. You stupid fuck. <laughs> I've been ran over by a cow before. It sucks. <laughs> I know what that feels like. Yeah. I'm glad it's not me this time. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I had a had a friend uh, when I lived in Jacksonville. He... Uh, we went to a like a place where he could ride a bull, and he dumbass his, his dumbass got up on that bull, was on it for maybe four seconds, and then the bull st- stomped on his back. He had a big ass bruise mm. right where his kidney would be for like a week. And he's lucky he didn't get paralyzed. Yeah, and yeah, you had to sign a, a waiver and, and all that shit. He was like, "You want to try it?" I was like, "Fuck no." <laughs> yes, I've always wanted to get on the back of a three to four thousand pound animal, take a rope and tie it to its nuts so it thinks something's attacking it and sit on its back and then ride it. Yes, I'm a man. 
No, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, there's there's an entire sporting industry around that shit. <laughs> and I'm staking my claim right now. They're all fucking idiots. Oh. I'm a dumbass for riding a motorcycle. I admit it. Well, as long as you ride it safely. There's and... no way to ride it safely. It's a two-wheeled object. If anything runs out in front of it and hits it, you go flying. <laughs> if you're in the middle of a curve and some dumbass mowed his grass and blew his leaf trimmings onto the road, you slide off of it. Mm. There's no safe way to drive a fucking motorcycle, except in your dreams. <laughs> or just park it in the garage and once a week go out and sit on it and maybe yeah. start it up, rev it a couple times, then shut it off. <laughs> but then you're not riding it. You're just revving it. Well, it's the safe way to do it, right? Yeah, I guess until you overheat it and blow it up. <laughs> well, I'm not talking just sit there for like an hour. Just, just you know, start it up. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Okay, that was fun. No. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think the way Gerald sent that message sums it up perfect, perfectly. This is some rich people shit. <laughs> mm. So that was brief, but... Listeners, that's going to be the only episode we cover on this podcast. So we'll have to find something else to watch next week. I heard there was supposedly an anime coming to Netflix about... Um, what's the fucking Greek myth about... Um, it's not the Argonauts. And basically, it's Clash of the Titans. Percy? Perseus? Yeah, they're doing an anime, but I don't know if it's getting released in our area. I think I saw something on that. I think I saw that on Netflix. Let me check. Well, I saw a, a, a trailer for it, but I haven't seen a trailer for it on Netflix. I saw a trailer on YouTube for it. Yeah, I saw it yesterday when I was uh, looking looking through and I think I've watched something. I forget what it was, but hang on. All right, should we do something funny while I fill, fill, fill in the dead air while I'm looking? Hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll have a conversation about Disney and how Mickey Mouse is a blackface racist character. Why is it a blackface racist character? White gloves. The white gloves. Uh, so everything that wears white gloves is blackface? Uh, they yeah. were, yes, actually, because they were based on minstrel shows. Yeah, you have to go back to when Mickey was created. Yeah. The, the minstrels would paint their faces black and wear white gloves. White so gloves, I, I, the, the, the big lips, over the overdone deep eyes, yeah. Well, I know all that. I just... Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, most of you, yeah, and if you look at most of the, uh, not necessarily Mickey, but the characters of that time frame that wore those designs, they're exaggerated 
actions and the situations that they put them in are usually marginalized or overly, you know, considered something that that's a black thing. Mm. Like the, the crows and Dumbo all have that kind of look. Oh, heckle and Jekyll. <laughs> There's more than two of them. Well, those are the two I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, but uh, no. There's an actual. Uh, speaking of Condor again, they do uh, an animated section where they have an animator come in and talk about animation. They were mainly talking about the animation style of Akira, and that subject comes up, and he can explain it much better than I can. Hmm. when I saw it, I know I saw it yesterday. I saw it too on YouTube, but I've never seen it on Netflix. So I didn't know if I was just seeing things or you know whatnot. Let's see. Maybe it was me. <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, Gerald, are you looking forward to anything? Mm. Mm, such just anything in general or like specifically movies, games or what? Well, I know you're looking forward to Diablo when it finally comes to fuck out. And um, I don't know. I just like new TV shows. I've been watching Swamp Thing on CW. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I haven't seen hints of anything coming out that I'm really looking forward to outside of The Witcher. Um, Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Vampire the Masquerade game coming out. Um, Looking forward to uh, Cyberpunk and seeing what that's... Because I've never played a Cyberpunk game, so this will be my first. So I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, I'm interested in the Antlers movie coming out by Del Toro. Uh, they're supposed to be doing another trick or treat movie, uh, or hopefully doing another trick or treat movie after uh, Daltrey is done working on the Godzilla vs. King Kong movie. Which I want to say I'm inter- I, I'm looking forward to coming out, but I'm not sure about that. I, I don't understand why uh, this exists because there's no way you have a creature that breathes thermonuclear breath is the size of a 30-story building. King Kong uh, was never that uh, tall and has no to my knowledge, thermonuclear deterrent. But but what you don't understand, Chewie, is that he's a big monkey. <laughs> he's a really, really big monkey. That likes white women, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. It's like a big <laughs> monkey that likes white... That can't lose, man. It, it, uh-huh. USA, USA, America, America. I'll take giant lizard for a hundred, Alex. 
<laughs> yeah, people have been saying since they stated that they were actually going to do that, like, there's no way. There's just no... Po- Unless King Kong comes comes into this movie gamma-powered, there's no way. They're supposedly <laughs> going to make him bigger. Well, they are going to make him bigger, and people have been saying, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. There's no effing way within the time frame of uh, Skull Island that they did and to this movie that he would be anywhere near big enough, even if he grew from that time on. There's well, okay. how, how tall is Kong usually? Four stories? Well, in all the old movies, he was the size of Godzilla, which is why he could which is why he stood a chance. But whenever Godzilla was like, I'm going to back up 12 feet and shoot you in the face with my fire breath, that was usually the end of that fight. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about an animal that was killed in the original movie by biplanes. By yeah, pretty much. Guns that well, weren't even... by planes and a fall from, like, a building. Empire yeah, State you're building. talking about hey, wait, no, no. not even 50 caliber hey. weapons on those. Well, hold on. That's hilariously funny because we're talking about a creature that was that was killed by being shot and knocked off of a building that is literally smaller than the creature they're trying to pit him up against. <laughs> I like King Kong. It's an interesting... <laughs> character i actually i like what they did i hated the fucking movie that they made but i like the acting that they did with um fuck his name just ran out of my mouth jack, jack black no, well jack black was in the movie but he wasn't doing the acting for kong andy circus <laughs> oh yeah gone yeah <laughs> I like that Kong. I hated that movie, but I liked that Kong. Okay, listeners, in case you haven't noticed, we've derailed into the mysterious. You here told they, me to feel dead air time. This is your fucking fault. <laughs> you you that's allowed fine. you, that, you gave me the controls of the train. What did you want me to do? I'm just saying, we, we've entered the here there be monsters territory because we really didn't have a main <laughs> subject for the podcast today. <clears throat> and I couldn't find it, so I don't know if I was, if, if it was because I was drunk or what. I don't Down. Know. But I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, and I thought I saw it on Netflix, but I can't find it. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, you you make a good point. There, What's that? That movie is going to suck. Mm. Oh. oh, how about uh, how about Mighty Joe Young versus King Kong? Kong would crush Mighty Joe Young. Mighty Joe Young is only about ten foot, twelve foot tall. Yeah, <laughs> but that wasn't a bad movie either. But there's the obligatory white woman in that one too. There's always the obligatory white woman. Why? It is a trope. Why? I don't know. Uh, white women were the predominant actors at that time. Mm. I mean, what do you want? A seven foot tall Asian woman? Yes. Something different. 
See, that that's how you get shit like that new Fantastic Four that I still will never watch. What are you talking the about? The one that they made a couple years ago with Michael B. Jordan no. and blah, blah, blah. I blah, know blah, 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 the blah, movie blah. he's talking about. I'm trying to understand the context. Like, he, what do you... They changed shit. They made the Storm... No. The, the Storm yeah. kids were now adopted. They changed... <sighs> they made Johnny Storm black. Who cares what fucking color he is? Who gives a fuck? Uh, some people. <laughs> the wrong people. As long as the gentleman portraying the character gets the emotional crux of the character and puts forth a good performance, which is moving, I don't care if the bitch is purple. For fuck's sake. Okay, I got one for you. I can understand if you were upset if they suddenly made Thanos white. I want to see Michael Sarah play Shaft. They already did that. It's called the Hebrew Hammer. When? The Hebrew Hammer. Yeah, we already <laughs> talked about that. We've literally had this discussion before. No one cares what color a character is as long as it's not deviating from the actual spirit of the character. Right. No one cares that Johnny Storm was Michael B. Jordan because Johnny Storm could be any color. He was just a high-flying party boy pilot. That's all he was. There was no other character to him than that. And in the confines of the story where they made Michael B. Jordan uh, Johnny Storm, they were all adopted kids. It was basically a new rendition of the story yeah. using the same names as the characters. You can stay, as long as you stay between the hash marks, I don't care if he's Asian. Cool. We now yeah, have an Asian problem, Johnny Storm. I don't the problem care wasn't if who was Reed playing Richards is black. Yeah, the problem wasn't who was playing the characters. The problem was that the movie overall was just bad and didn't make a lot of sense in certain areas. It was just a bad movie. Okay, I'll, I'll roll with that. It's probably one of the best representations of the thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I think Michael Chiklis was good as the thing. Maybe no, Chiklis... Chickless got the comic book version of the thing as written perfect. The rubber suit that he was in kind of sucked. <laughs> but Chickless did a very good job. The gentleman and the CG for the thing that was in that movie, I really enjoyed the CG and I really enjoyed the They went to the dark side of the thing's broodingness in that movie compared to, yes, he had problems in the comic book, but he, he, they never really, you know, he was broody and upset that he was a freak and looked like this and would never have a girlfriend or whatever until he found a blind black chick that, you know, liked it a little rough around the edges. But anyway. I can never hmm. have sex now. My world must. I mean, as a man. <laughs> yes, pretty much. You know, I mean, yeah. If I ever become paralyzed from the waist is... down and can no longer, no longer use my cock in the way I need to, yes, I'm just going to go off somewhere and die. 
<laughs> well, that took a turn. Just being fucking real. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I don't see how. Oh, that's just a game changer. I can't. <laughs> will not fucking imagine. Maybe that means I'm just weak. So does he jizz out? Does he jizz out gravel? Who knows? <laughs> That's a fucking you know question for Kevin Smith to answer. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, since I have two comic heads on the phone, I know mm-hmm. it would probably be the weirdest, oddest pairing or pick in the world. But Kevin has written some fairly good comic books in his day. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what would be a good comic book property to give Kevin Smith to direct? Batman. Um, I don't recognize people by names very well. What has Kevin Jay Smith and Scott, done so far? Uh, he's Silent Bob. Oh, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Uh, he's um, written uh, Batman seventy six, a couple, a bunch of Green Lantern books, a couple Batman books. Uh, he did the, one of the treatments for the failed Tim Burton Superman movie. <clears throat> By the way, if you ever get to watch the Ugh. documentary on that, that's fucking funny. I just couldn't picture Tim Burton doing a comic book movie. With Nicolas Cage as Kal-El. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Surprise, wouldn't that... Uh, in that version, would Johnny Depp be uh, Zod? Well... <laughs> and, and Helena Bonham Carter, Lois Lane? Probably. She's in every goddamn thing he makes. Well, she was married to the man for couple years before they split. I didn't know they ever split. Well, maybe they got back together. I'm not uh, sure. I know every movie he makes, she shows up in. I was actually concerned for a minute when I saw that she was in the Netflix uh, Eleanor Holmes show. I was like, oh God, Tim Burton has got a hold of Sherlock. Fuck. <laughs> hide your kids and hide your wife. Uh, does anybody know when the Witcher series comes back out again? Next year, I ah, think. Fuck. Thanks, thanks to COVID. I think we have to wait until next year for both the Mandalorian and no, the, the Mandalorian airs the thirty first. Shit! I canceled my Disney Plus because I lost my job. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, one. So, since you're talking about stuff you're uh, you're you're waiting for, Dune for me. <sighs> I, I'm interested in it, but I I don't know if there's going to be a fucking cinema industry left when that movie is ready to come out, and it's going to suck to be relegated to watch that movie on a 60 inch television. I mean, I would pay the extra money for IMAX for that spectacle. To, you know, 
especially seeing shot dude pop yeah. his head out from the look into the gaping maw of a sandworm 50 story you know five 50 feet tall by 50 feet wide yeah and have the you know seats underneath you rumble with the sound waves of the sand that would be immersive and awesome but you know most vid- most theaters are will be dead by next year if they aren't already AMC's pretty much done Well, what is there? There's what, Cinemark, United Artists, AMC. Uh, what's some some of the other fucking theaters here? Well, I, I just don't see them surviving. Even if they lay everybody off and shut down, you still have huge operation and rent costs for, you know, being in a mall. Or being a standalone mm, complex, yeah. the rent on the land. Power bills, water bills. Well, the power bill can be mitigated to shut off. If you're not running, you just go in and you shut everything down. Mm. You can mitigate the, the power bill per building to almost nothing. But yeah, there's still going to be standard utility bills that you can't get away from. And these things aren't like owner-operators. These are like chain stores and shit. I mean, you have to have an immense amount of capital to keep all this shit running. Capital that people aren't getting because everything's shut down. Well, this got depressing. Damn you, David. You (laughs) brought up COVID. The norm. But yeah, so like when I when I saw the cast for Dune, I was like, oh, those are all very good choices. You didn't know who plays Fade yet. He doesn't come out. He doesn't show up until the second movie. Oh, okay. Because they're splitting it into two movies, which they might need to do a three set for that because Dune was originally three books put into one. Well, they are probably going to do the first arc will be all the way up to the solder car assaulting the temple, the flight out, the wreck, the worm, meeting the Fremen. And Excuse me, guys. Yes. Uh, you two keep talking. I need to go put something in my stomach because my stomach is making it very clear that I have not eaten in a long enough time that it is angry with me. <laughs> um, so I will be back in like a few minutes. Okay. If you push past that part, eventually yeah. you'll just black out. Yeah, Chewie is <laughs> adept at that. It's a good way to lose weight. Just push past it and pass out. You sleep through the hunger pains, and you wake up, mm. and you lost two ounces. Yeah, listeners, don't don't take Chewy's advice. He's not a medical <laughs> professional. <laughs> well, they're obviously gonna be up to the point of meeting the Fremen because we know Zendaya is playing Cheney. Well, I figure you'll get the the meeting. Uh, the ceremonial fight. 
with the guy he sh- ceremonial. Uh, the guy he shows up when they first meet the Fremen and his mother. Uh, he blows oh, yeah, past. The, the yeah, he blows that, past one of the guys yeah. and shows him up. So. Yeah. Oh God, what was his name? I don't know. He killed. He Jan- ki- Janice. I think his I name was Jamis. Yeah, he Janus. kills him. Yeah. But yeah. And then they harvest yeah. his water. And I'll figure somewhere in that particular scene, he'll walk out, see her on a rock, and credits. <laughs> that's a hell of a cliffhanger. Yeah. To quote <laughs> Kevin Smith, yeah, that's how that'll work. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, fucking credits. <sighs> that's how he would say it. Fucking yeah. credits. <laughs> and you'll sit there in your fucking seat going, no, I want more. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, they want to, to uh, you know, draw you in. I don't know how far they're going to take Dune. I don't see them going into Children of Dune. Well, we had the sci-fi miniseries that that did that. They mixed Dune Messiah and Children of Dune into that six hours of of of. I liked the miniseries a lot. Yeah, there's certain tones that a movie format doesn't work for. I'm I like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It was very good. But I would have preferred them if they took those tomes of information and just put them on fucking HBO and made three fucking seasons out of that shit. Or you had 24 hours of mm. that. Yeah, same with Harry Potter. There's a lot of subplot and stuff that they couldn't put in to the movies. But, uh, but yeah, um, shit, I was going to say something. Yeah, so listeners who may or may not have any idea what we're talking about. Things and stuff in words. Dune is a, is a, yeah, Dune is a novel written in 1954 by yeah, Frank Dune Herbert. Dune is pretty much the incubator for Star Wars, Aliens. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything that came after Dune... It's kind of like, you know, John Carter of Mars was the progenitor of Superman. Well, I mean, like Dune is, you could almost say Dune is the yardstick for really good sci-fi. Okay. but I so, think it depends on who you talk to and what they like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true as well. But like so Dune is dense. Frank Herbert wrote the first the very very It's it's not Tolkien level like, like, dense, but it's fucking dense. Yeah. So like I first tried to read the book when I was in middle school. You poor bastard. The pr- <laughs> well, the first time I couldn't get past the first page. <laughs> 
then I found out there was a movie made in 1984 by David Lynch and Dino De Laurentiis. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> It happened. <laughs> yeah, it happened. Like okay. That's, once I, once I watched that movie, I was I was able to read the book and I and I'm like I had a habit up until two thousand six or something I would read Dune every year just because I liked it. It's one of the few books I've read multiple times. So now that Chewie stopped laughing, what's so funny? Okay. That's like me saying the Dark Crystal was an amazing piece of cinema. <laughs> it wasn't? It wasn't. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so. Wait, isn't that the one? Isn't that where we get yes. the Gelflings yes. from or yes. some shit? Gelflings, Gelflings. Yes, the, you know, naked cousins of the fraggles mm. <laughs> the naked cousins of the fraggles i like that so so we had the 1984 version then in 2000 sci-fi did a mini series of dune they did it a hell of a lot closer to the book and than cheap lynch's version they did it on a shoestring budget <laughs> And it was good. So like, so in, in Lynch's version, the weirding way that the Bene Gesserit have that uh, Paul learns is it, they make it involve sound. But in reality, the weirding way was the fact that the Bene Gesserit had trained mind and body so hard, they seemed to be superhuman and invincible. Yeah. And they cut, and they did that. They did that better in the in the miniseries, where you know you could see Paul just like flash running across the desert or some shit. Or he's like his movements are so fast and quick and nigh unperceptible. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then there was the difference in the Bene Gesserit and Lynch's version. They were bald. Uh, in the sci-fi version, they they wore really elaborate headdresses. Basically, in the Lynch has always been a body horror guy. I mean, if you look at David Lynch's movies, there's always some form of body manipulation or deformity or weirdness or whatever. Oh, you definitely see that on Giddy Prime with uh, the Baron's doctors. And yes, shit. and uh, David, you're going to have to correct me. That I think it was something that Lynch added. I've never read the Dune books. I've gotten like excerpts here and there. My wife has read them 993,412 times. Was the heart <laughs> plug a Lynch invention? Okay, because yes. I don't remember any of that from the books. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a that was a that was a Lynch add-on. Okay, I I know Harkin the Baron Harkonnen is heavily emphasized that he's homosexual in the books. 
And I think that I don't. Well, he always dodes on Fade in books, talking Fade. about him <laughs> as a amazing specimen of the Harkonnen species. My a lovely, lovely boy. Fade, my lovely boy. And if you look at the sci-fi yeah. version, uh, and I think it was. I think it was probably the best version of Harkonnen. And it was the guy that played Norm oh, from yeah. fucking Cheers. <laughs> he played him like a fucking Shakespearean no, actor. It was amazing. Well, see, that's where Lynch got it wrong. See, the Baron is a very, very intelligent, very ruthless right. person. But was not externally ugly, you, though. You find out uh, you find out in the in the prequel series that the Baron was actually a very muscular, well built man until uh, Reverend Mother Mohan came to. Yeah, she poisoned him when he raped her. She she put a virus into him that made him morbidly obese, like he is now. But yeah, like all the all the pustules and shit, I think that was also a Lynch add on. But like the Baron. Is a very intelligent, ruthless right. leader. The Lynch version kind of made him a rambling psychopath. Yeah. The sci-fi version made him closer, closer to the more book, of a tactician, which I liked. Yeah, you know he he had plans. You know he he wasn't like oh, oh, like like the yeah dude, the the whole yeah. hover belt. <laughs> Running around in the circles, screaming at the top of his lungs, shit. Well, he did in the book. He did have to have the. Uh, yeah, I know he had the hover belt in the books. I'm just so he could move his girth. But I don't see yeah. him doing it, it a circle like fucking Thomas the Train going choo choo, screaming at the top of his fucking lungs. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. But there, like, there's some there's some good memorable stuff from the Lynch movie, like the Mentats litany, the litany against fear, um, the Bene Gesserit witch must leave. I've seen a meme where somebody, like, somebody had a picture of a manatee uh, floating in in a in a, <laughs> a aquarium tank, and I guess that was supposed to reference the Spacing Guild member, which that the was navigator. Also Definitely yeah. Lynch. Well, yeah. in the books, With they the don't, they don't give a description of the navigators. Yeah, and like they even like uh, Le uh, Duke Leto even makes a point to tell Paul, "Don't you go trying to find out what they look like. The Spacing Guild will pull our contract, and we will, you know, basically the Spacing Guild is." how anybody gets around anywhere because the the universe is vast and folding space is yeah. the only way to travel it's, the great distances. The books, the, the idea is you have a ginormous geopolitical idea in the, the the emperor or the empire only exists because of the spacing guild. The spacing guild only exists because of the spice. And 
and, and the mini Jesuits only exist because of the spice, and they're trying to make Jesus and fuck. Yeah. It's dense. Yeah. In fact, uh, on something I I had recently watched or read, when the 1984 movie came out, the theaters would distribute like a uh, a guide for like all the terms like Quizats Hatterack and and all that shit. So yeah, it's uh, it's dense. Well, that's another thing that, about that's it like- I mean, <laughs> if you don't have somewhat of a generalization. And you walk in, it, it's kind of like walking into a fucking hentai anime. You go, uh, um, why? What does that mean? Why is it doing, why is she, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm lost, help. <laughs> just sit back and enjoy why are, the why moment. Are there okay, just enjoy the moment. <laughs> it's uh, it's probably something that's definitely very niche, but it, it's well, it's good sci-fi. I take take the denseness of Dune and contrast it with the minimalisticness of Conan. Conan has really deep, dense lore, right? if you get into the Howard stories. But you take the movie of Conan, how many lines does Arnold have in that movie? Probably less than a handful. (laughs) And nobody tries to explain the Wheel of Pain. Nobody tried to explain the gods in that movie. Nobody tried to explain anything. It was just this is the shit. We'll give you a brief kind of visual synopsis to give you the idea of show don't tell, which I think has kind of been lost in filmmaking today because they have somebody that's always, excuse me, I must take an exposition <laughs> shit in your mouth. Ready? Okay. We're now good up. In, in 10 more minutes when we get to Act 3, I'll have another one brewing for you. Okay, here we go. I mean, really, they should have characters named in most of today's movies called <laughs> Exposition Toilet Boy, Part 1 and 2. Because they try to make movies so fucking complicated and you don't really have to. Must tell you everything that's going on because you don't know what's happening and why things aren't going on the way they're supposed to be going on. But why don't we just show them? Because the audience is stupid. We must tell them everything. If they can't figure it out, they won't enjoy the movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. I just, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not grumpy. I, I haven't slept since yesterday. Well, Hopefully, after this on when conversation, pass out. stay awake. 
are not subjective. Lovely baritone snoring voice. So evidently, uh, Chewy finds it very hilarious when we get disconnected. Eh. All right, so let's wrap it up. Unless anybody has any ideas of what else to talk about. Uh, Were we not going to talk about uh, movies and games we'd like to see remakes of and who we'd like to see do them? All right, go for it. I've already voted. <laughs> okay. I did. So, main topic now. Games we'd like to see remade. Well, it is 3.15, and we started early. So, uh, let's see. Okay. We're games. <laughs> so... I'd really like to see a remake of Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> Sorry. All right over there, Chewy. I hate the telephone. Mm, don't answer it. <laughs> Hi. I was just wondering if you were going to da 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 with the Democratic Party. Shut the fuck up and leave me the fuck alone. I've already voted. Oh, great. Could you tell six of your friends? Fuck you. Goodbye. <laughs> so Legend of Dragon, oh. I've heard of it, but I don't know much about it. Yeah. Uh, it's an anime. And developed by SCE Japan Studio, published by Sony Computer Entertainment. It was on the PlayStation only. Um I'd like to see Square Enix remake it. Um, in the fact, I have... Fantasy. Yeah, because it basically was like Final Fantasy. Um, right down to kind of the combat system. And the combat system was kind of unique because the way the combat system worked is there would be like a ever-shrinking square. And if you could match your attack to... The, to when the square got to its smallest, you could do like critical hits and weak point attacks. Um, it was your first quick time event ever in a video game. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a pain in the ass when I first started playing it, but once I got used to it and how to use it, it was, yeah, it was fine. Um, so I'd like to see. I'd like to see it done by Square Enix, and if not them, then by CyberConnect, because they did the .hack GU games, and I think they mm-hmm. might do a good, uh, I think they might do uh, good with it. Um, and one of the biggest plot points, well, not one of the biggest plot points, but a plot point in the game, and I won't really spoil it, but there's this legend of the black monster in it. And how it shows up every like 108 years and just eats a town, just burns it to the freaking ground. Mm. Uh, and you find out what's going on with that later in the story, and it's actually really good. Um, makes mm. sense. Like the story for it was actually pretty solid. The story for it was solid. Um, so yeah, I'd like Square Enix to do it. 
I think CyberConnect could do a really good job if they if they got it. Um, but yeah, Legend of Dragoon definitely would like to see it a resurgence of it. Um, maybe even a sequel or a spiritual successor would be good too. Um, oh. uh, Bloody Roar is one I'd really like to see. Uh, it was developed by uh, Aiding Hudson Soft, published by Activision. Uh, it was in. It was on arcade, GameCube, PlayStation's one and two, and Xbox. It had about five games in the series. I played Bloody Roar one through three, and wasn't able to play four, which apparently was a good thing because that one was terrible. None of the none of them were. They were fighting games, and none of them were really good. But in Bloody Roar, all of your characters could transform into some kind of animal. So you had, like, Yugo, who turned into a wolf. You had Sheena, who was a leopard. Gato was a lion. Uh, you had Yuriko, who was the half-beast, which was basically just a cat girl. Their ex- it was their excuse to put in a cat girl. Um, you had uh, Jenna, who was a bat. Um, and then the, the roster just expanded from there. You got a guy who could turn into a dragon. You had the twins, Long and Shinlong. Uh, Long was the tiger. Shinlong was the black tiger. You had Bakaru, uh, Bakariu, who was the mole. The game was really good. All the characters were unique. You, uh, you also had Alice the rabbit. And I would think a lot of people would be like a rabbit in a fighting game. And like, and then I did a little bit of research on rabbits. Rabbits are bloodthirsty little bastards. <laughs> All you have like, to do is watch Monty Python's Quest for the Holy Grail to figure that out. Well, <laughs> right. Monty Python actually puts it on camera. But yeah, like rabbits will literally viciously uh, protect their territory and they will actually fight to the death. <laughs> rabbits are little monsters um but yeah so you would when you're playing you build up a beast meter and then you can transform into your beast form which is basically a lycanthropic form um it sounds like you a get rip like, off of golden axe i haven't beast. seen golden axe i would like to see a remake of altered beast that's in my honorable mentions i would love to see altered beast come back i really liked that game when i was uh when i yeah. was younger but well, altered um, beast and golden axe are pretty much the same thing yeah um uh, no golden axe was that was a four-party one wasn't it uh three or four or my, yeah was a left to right wa- uh, walking scroller with multiple characters arcade. Yeah, and you had the you know obligatory like dwarf, archer, fighter, swordsman thing. Your elf is low on health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. And... Yeah, the obligatory, the obligatory hot woman. The He-Man, Muscle Man, and then the axe-wielding dwarf. Right. Uh, and who I'd like to see do... Uh, I, I have not seen Golden Axe, so I'll have to look that up. Um, I have not seen... Or, or at least I don't remember it. Well, um, I, I think I'm getting it and Altered Beast confused. Well, they were both Sega Genesis games. They yeah. were both arcade games. 
I remember I know playing Goldbacks at I an think arcade. it's Ultra Beast that does the, the uh, human to inhuman transformations. Golden Axe is just yeah. a medieval side scroll walking Contra type thing. Beat him up. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like uh, uh, Bloody Roar is a uh, rendition of uh, Altered Beast because Altered Beast is your main character going through a platform-like environment. It's no. that's more of an RPG adventure. This is a this is a fighting game. Each character has their own specific transformation. Um, it's it, it. They're just very unique. It, it was a very unique and cool game. And I would love to see it come back. I want to see Netherrealm do it as my first pick uh, because Mortal Kombat 11. And if they could, mm. if they could do Bloody Roar in the same way that they did Mortal Kombat 11, yeah, I I'd be on that. That would be great. Well, you know, you um, mentioned you'd like to see Ultra Beast come back. Could you imagine the uh, guys that did Ninja Guide? Uh, which Ninja Gaiden? The uh, Team current. Ninja, the one that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, who did Ninja Gaiden Black? I, I'm guessing it's about a ten year, about ten year old game. The first yeah. remake of Ninja Gaiden. Okay, yeah, I actually, I actually have that game somewhere. Yeah, Altered Beast would be really good if they did that. Uh. Oh, what was the one uh, I wanted to... Okay, so does anybody remember Wolverine Adamantium Rage? Uh, I never played it. The last Wolverine game I remember was based on one of the movies. And it had the uh, destructible Wolverine body that slowly healed. Okay, that was one of the newer ones. This was an old Super Nintendo game. Way, way, way back. Don't remember that. One. Um, yeah, it was basically what would what happened is uh, Wolverine, of course, got a letter or a picture about his past, so he goes off to meet the contact in a facility, gets attacked by the facility's uh, defenses, and basically goes on an adventure defeating all of his greatest villains. So, Cyber, uh. Blood Scream, um, Sabretooth, uh, Lady Deathstrike, Sabretooth. Like it was, it wasn't done very well in its SNES incarnation. But I was thinking, what if we let the guys who did Dark Souls do it? Oh, it would be great. <laughs> it would be perfect. A Dark Souls Wolverine game. I'm with I it. can't. I, I can't even think of a more perfect way because it, you and the way Dark Souls is set up is that it doesn't really have a storyline. It has item descriptions, which is how you get the story. Mm -hmm. So with, since Wolverine is always looking after his past and everything's broken up and he's not sure what's real and what's not, that would be the perfect setting for it. Um, and uh, also because in the uh, old X-Men cartoons, Wolverine ends up going back to the facility that gave him his adamantium skeleton when he gets called by Silver Fox, Maverick, and Sabretooth, and who were all a part of the uh, Weapon X experiment right. at that facility. Well, when they all go back, they get attacked by a robot that's able to trigger 
their uh, programming in their brains and their uh, and their latent memories. So it's like you could do it and some villains would just be that robot triggering those memories. So he'd just be hallucinating what they look like. Plus they could do like Omega Red. They could do Juggernaut. Dude, a Dark Souls Wolverine Adamantium Rage would be phenomenal. Uh, you mentioned Square Enix earlier. Mm-hmm. I it, It'll never happen. But I would well, love it, for them to get a hold of the 40k license. Why Square Enix? <laughs> because back in the day, they did some of the best uh, RTS terrain. Granted, they were low-res RTS games, but they were good. They had good level generation, just good form. Now, could you imagine doing like a Space Marines 40k game where I know they've done it on the like the Total War games for the computer? Mm-hmm. But to me, that's not a real RTS. I mean, yes, you've set up lines and you make movements, and the computer does all the logarithmic algorithms and this, that, and the other. But I'm talking about a straight up. You have a turn, it moves to here, you push a fucking button, it shows you numbers, you roll dice. I'm talking about well, a true RTS tabletop version of 40K, but done to the graphic level that Enix can produce. All right. Uh, the Total War Warhammer games are not re- are not RTS. They're... Uh... Uh, what is the? Turn they're turn based. They're absolutely turn based. They're only real time strategy when you're actually playing out the battles. Then right. you got to do, and even then you can pause it. So really, that's turn based too. If you want to be technical about it, um, I would like to see them redo the Warhammer 40k RTS games. Um, and I assume once Total War Warhammer. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy 3 comes out and they've got that done uh, because after Warhammer 3 I just can't see them doing a Warhammer 4 there aren't any other factions I think they can fit in they just be putting in like new lords and stuff new units um, then maybe they'll start working on the Warhammer 40k RTS game because I just can't see people not being excited about that um I got no problem with Square Enix doing it as well, but Square Enix, I think, has its hands full, not only with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I think they've got two or three other uh, big things coming out soon. I'm trying to think. I do want Square Enix to remake Chrono Trigger. Mm. It should be sitting on a throne right next to the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm. I do... Or... Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. And for yeah. listeners out there, Chrono Cross doesn't count. <laughs> Fuck that game. <laughs> that was a JRPG, right? Chrono Chrono Trigger? Uh, no. Yeah. Chrono Trigger was a turn-based RPG. Mm. Gotcha. Oh. What about you, Chewie? Anything you'd like to see remade? Oh, there's a bunch of them. I'm trying to 
I'm trying to look uh, and think about some and look them up while you're talking. Well, while you're thinking, uh, I do have more. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Tournament I, Fighters. Oh God. <laughs> I want that one to come back, and I want it done by Arxis. Flat out. I want it to be given the Arxis. Arc System Works. Because they've been doing a phenomenal job with Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, and Dragon Ball Fighters. So I want to give them Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, Tournament Fighters. Like I would like to see them, because it has some turn-based elements in it. I would like to see them give Knights of the Old Republic uh, a revamp. I am I am lost because I really enjoyed the game I enjoyed it wasn't game. that a Bible yeah Knights of the Old Republic is amazing I am loath to give it to anyone because they fucked with the canon of everything so much mm. um asking them from the chain and we lost you oh yeah Tyrion is connected <laughs> I assume he will be able to reconnect in a moment. Mm. Um, I would like to see an updated Knights of the Old Republic. I really would. Handled by the same people doing Baldur's Gate 3. Because they need to get Baldur's Gate under control. Baldur's Gate 3 under control. But from what I've seen, if they can get bugs and other things taken care of, that game's going to be insanely good like absolutely candidate for best game of the year like if cyberpunk doesn't deliver Baldur's Gate 3 once it's all spruced up and polished will be game of the year uh, so I would I would actually like to see a Knights of Republic done by them and is that uh, Bethesda uh mm-hmm. no uh Baldur's I actually know who that is I think they're is it from soft no from Soft is Dark Soul series. Galarian Studios. Uh, mm. Galarian Studios. Galarian. Okay. Yeah. At least that's what it says on the website. Well, Baldur's is all I've played many incarnations of the Baldur's Gate series. It's always been a fun dungeon crawler. Yeah. And I do like those. Uh Kingmaker and whatnot as well. They've always been pretty good. What do you think the downfall of? Do you think when they went to the the Skyrim model, where fuck the Skyrim model, where it's a first person start a fault backwards, old. Oh, I get it Chewie. is not happy with Chewie, <laughs> or Chewie's phone is dying. Um, actually, I actually uh, like the first-person element of Skyrim when I played it. I thought they would yeah to do for a for a role-playing game. Skyrim is the first Elder Scrolls I've ever played, um, and I enjoyed it immensely. I put a lot of time in that game; loved every minute of it. Welcome back, Chewie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yep, welcome back, Joey. What's the last thing? Uh, I think they're... So Mm. what was the last thing you heard me say? Fuck. Uh, That you... Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, David's not wrong. Uh, But it was... Skyrim. uh, Skyrim model. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is, do you prefer the 3D Skyrim first person model or do you like the old, you know, walk through a dungeon, start a fight, go to a stagnant screen type thing? I like Skyrim's way of doing it. The shoot an arrow, walk backwards model. <laughs> yeah. Or shoot an arrow and hide. Wait for them to reset. <laughs> I, I think, in fact, that's actually how I beat the first dragon in Skyrim was like walking back, shoot arrow, walk back, shoot arrow, shoot arrow back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it might depend on the game. You know, people people have a have a, a like for the nostalgic, you know, way that some role playing games are done. People, some people like the new new style. So continue more. Give us more that we want to see remade. Hmm. I'd like to see. Let's see. Who else would I? Let's see. So, I also, along with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, I also would like to see Turtles in Time come back. Yeah. And I like them to be done by uh, Koei. I'd like that to be done by Koei. Hmm. Give us, give me a beat em up with that. Um, Fuck it, let's bring back Battletoads while you're at it. Hell yeah. Well, they already did in Killer Instinct. They put one of the Battletoads in Killer Instinct. I, I don't. But if you want the Battletoad game itself, then the... <laughs> Hell yes. But uh, see, who could make that decently? Koei could do that as well. Um, if we want... Do we want to keep it a platformer or do we want it to be a beat-em-up? Because if it's a beat-em-up, I would say Koei. Uh, turn it into another Dynasty Warriors-like one. Um, Ooh, yes, yes. And I think Turtles in Time should be done the same way as well. Uh, that's why I suggest Koei for Turtles in Time. Um, let's see. As for the next one, so I don't know how many people are aware of Dragon Ball Sagas. It was probably the worst Dragon Ball game to have been made. It was... A free-roaming RPG um, it, it was it was just bad it was bad on all fronts it was bad in how it looked it was bad in how it played uh, it was following the Saiyan Saga story basically they remade it by coming out with Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Kakarot which is also a bad game and now people <laughs> are finally realizing it um, it was it was bad. Uh, the only thing they got right in Dragon Ball Kakarot was the cutscenes. That's the only thing they got right. Uh, <laughs> they did all the every, everyone compliments them on that, and I watched some of them, and I was like, yeah, they did like the story cutscenes really well, but everything else is just bad. Everything else is just bad. Lots of missed opportunities and just bad mechanics. Uh, um, when I was doing the Avengers beta and I was like, there's nothing to keep you playing because there's nothing interesting going on, that was Dragon Ball Kakarot. There was nothing interesting going on. There's no reason for the uh, the player to keep playing it. 
Well, what I would like them to do in one of the iterations of Dragon Ball is just to make one Dragon Ball game and, like, for some reason, make Krillin a god. <laughs> Why? Krillin is That's shit. That's my point. I would like to have Krillin be a, you know, everyone bitch and piss and moan about the god Krillin with the destructo disc that never ends. <laughs> Yeah, but they wouldn't, though, because Goku would just beat him. <laughs> it's like... Yes? What? So... I, I, I don't know. Dragon Ball Super is... Ugh. But, uh... I would like uh I would like um the guys who did it needs to be okay, so for Dragon Ball Sagas, I'd like to see either I'd actually like to see Platinum Games do it. Because Platinum Games does anime games really well. Who does the Naruto? So I'd like games? to see Platinum Games. Uh I don't know. I don't like the Naruto game. I used to, like in the first one to two installments, but after that, I was just like, yeah, this is not a good series. Um, I do not know who does them. Let me see if I can find out real quick. Yeah, I'm looking it up, too. Let's see. Naruto Ninja Storm. Cyber Connect 2 did Naruto Ultimate Ninja Ooh. Storm. Um, and. Do, 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 do. Let's see if I can find all of them. So we had 2, two 7, Rise of a Ninja, 2 7. Trying to find like the first one. Uh, uh, here we go. 2003. Uh, Naruto Clash of Ninja, I think, was the first one. And it was done by Aiding and Tommy. Mm. Tommy, yeah. Yeah. I think that was the very first one, or as close to the first one as I can find right now. Uh, that and that was done in two thousand and three. Oh. And it's the earliest. Oh, oh, here's a no, no, that's for Game Boy. There is an oh. early one, two thousand and four, but it's for Game Boy. Game Boy Advance or black and white Game Boy. Uh, Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Not so. So I'd like to see a Dragon Ball game where you're actually going and trying to find the fucking Dragon Balls. Do we have one of those? Uh, plenty. They're just not good. <laughs> at least in my opinion. <laughs> so you're looking for the uh, Final Fantasy Seven for Dragon Ball? No. I am not looking for the Final Fantasy VII for Dragon Ball. Um, <laughs> what I am looking for is 
it, Dragon Ball Kak. See, this is the thing about Dragon Ball Kakarot. It was on the. It was going in the right direction. It just. It just stopped before it got to the goal. Like it was. It was in the marathon run. It was leading, and then it just stopped before it got there and came in fifth. Right. Just don't know why they just did. They because basically what they did is they turned it into a free roaming fight the same enemies over and over again, which is why I akin it to the Avengers beta. Once you've beaten up your hundredth enemy in the exact same way you beat up every other enemy, what is there to keep me playing the game? I can't, I can only use a certain set of characters that you allow me to use, which are like the base group, like Goku, Vegeta. I think you can use Yamcha, Tien, Krillin. Um, and I think that's it. I think it was just the Z fighters. I don't even think you could use like Master Roshi, Tao Pai Pai. You couldn't use any of the villains. All of the bosses, once you get into the higher levels, had spam moves, they had super armor. They would go through your attacks so they didn't have stun. It was literally um, how can, what's the best way for me to what was the other uh, uh, what was the other free roaming one? It was uh, you Dragon Ball Xenoverse. No, it was Dragon Ball Xenoverse and done just as poorly. With his, it just no forethought as to actually what will keep the player interested in playing the game. So yeah, people might have thought that it was great starting out, and then they were just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And yeah, they then realized it was a bad game. It's like so. Um, what it should have been, what it should have been, it should have been a full turn-based. RPG. Um, and you could have the free roaming aspects, but when you went into a fight with an enemy, you went into a turn-based fighting arena, basically, and you had access to every character in the game, especially the bosses. And to unlock the bosses, you had to do like a special challenge of that boss. That's all they had to do. Uh they put in like a weird racing game that should have been and there was an episode in Dragon Ball Z where Goku and Piccolo go to get their licenses and they did that in the game once <laughs> and you don't actually get to drive the cars you just go do the mission and then you and then the mission completes itself because you went to the right place and then you go back and tell Chi Chi you still weren't able to get your license and that's it. And I'm like, dude, if you were gonna put any kind of racing whatsoever in this game, that was where you put it. How did you fuck that up? <laughs> you quite you, easily, evidently. Yeah, it's like, I was just like, how do you miss that opportunity? You make a racetrack, you make like five or six of them because, you know, that it's just a small part of the game, but you make like five or six different racetracks and you give us all the characters, you give us like ten different cars and just let us race them. And you let us shoot fucking Kamehamehas from the driver's seat and then you let us put other people in the back seat so they can shoot death beams from the passenger side and then you just so let us go. 
So basically Dragon Ball Mario Kart. Basically mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Mario Kart. Boom. You're done. <laughs> and people are like, oh my god, they gave us Dragon Ball Mario Kart. This is amazing. <laughs> you, like your game is on the map just for that. <laughs> but they didn't do that. They they played it safe and it was boring and so no one plays it anymore. So, so except for game developers, don't play it safe all the time. Take that risk. And Take the thing is <laughs> well the thing is this was also coming off of the success of Dragon Ball Fighters. So there was no reason for them to play it safe. They should have just did crazy shit. <laughs> but alas, they did not. But they did not, and it's another. It'll be another Dragon Ball RPG game that people forget about in two, three years, and people would be like, "Remember that like terrible RPG game?" <laughs> like. <laughs> So what I want is Dragon Ball Sagas to be redone and done correctly. Um, And you'll have an amazing RPG Dragon Ball game. Um, Because some mistakes must be corrected. So that's why it's on the list. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I would like... We did Chrono Trigger... I want to see a Mega Man X command mission. I want to see a new one of those because I liked that game, and I want to see it done by. I want to see it done by Super Giant. They did the Hades game, and it's a roguelike. And the way it works is, as you progress through the levels, you gain abilities, and you gain uh, abilities that you get from defeating the challenges and the bosses and the enemies. And you keep those powers if you die, but you have to start all the way back from the beginning. And I was like, dude, that's perfect for Mega Man. What do you mean Mega Man is in a world where he can just run around beating up enemies and absorbing their powers, which is literally what he does. And he can extend. And then you can put in and then you can put it in where you can play as Mega Man. Then you can unlock Zero. You can unlock Axel. You can, because they're like, like Zero can absorb other characters' powers because he had his own set of games. And there's a character called Axel who is basically an amalgam of Mega Man and Zero, who can all, who can actually take the form of other uh, Reploids and use their powers. Dude, it would be great. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, make this happen. I can't be the only one having these ideas. <laughs> Joey, did you fall asleep? Not yet. I'm working on it, though. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Well, we can go ahead and finish up here. That's the end of the games, and we can do movies some other time. I still want to see the Dynasty Warriors Monster Hunter version. Uh, as do I. Capcom, <laughs> we haven't forgotten about that. <laughs> right. Waiting. I'm gonna keep sending you them letters. You gonna keep getting them. <laughs> That's all back to a previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, final thoughts. Uh, Doro Hidoro. I don't know yet. It might turn out to be. <laughs> it may turn out to be really good, and we just have to get there. 
we'll see what they do in the third episode. I hope it impresses me in the third episode because if it doesn't, the third episode is probably going to be indicative of its entire run, unfortunately. Um, uh, the cabin the thing. Cabin. Uh, Joey is funny, <laughs> but I have no way of connecting to the to the guy doing it. Like he's just there's nothing in this for me. Like I, I can't relate to this guy. <laughs> so yeah, to be fair, that was just me, you know, scrolling down Netflix. What can we cover? What can we cover? Oh, let's try that. Yeah. Eh, no. Let's go <laughs> ahead and do Dragon Prince. So everyone look forward to Dragon Prince. We'll we'll just uh do Dragon Prince and see how we like that. Um or I'll I'll look for something, but we'll we'll say Dragon Prince for now unless we both find something better. Okay. Sounds good. So um, uh man, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see about mm. Doro Doro going to be the last episode where we discuss the cabin. Uh, yeah, Chewie and I had that nice conversation about Dune and everything. That was cool, too. Um, and, yeah. Got any final thoughts, Chewie? Sleep. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, send us off, Gerald. Okay. Well, everybody, continue having a good day. Continue having a good week. Be safe out there. Uh, Have a happy Halloween. Uh, There will be a podcast coming out for Halloween, but we had to um, record it earlier last week because one of our guests only had time during that time. So we'll basically be speaking to you from the past um so go ahead and say now everyone have a happy halloween be safe out there if you go trick-or-treating wear your masks so on and so forth and hopefully we'll have you back here next time everybody have a good week night night chewy (laughs) good night chewy